the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property law. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observations, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance, as well as the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Again, because bankruptcy law is this intersection of just about every area of law that's on the civil side, but also sometimes on the criminal side. Uh, So it's exceedingly fascinating and intellectually stimulating. Now, I also practice the related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat and will always be one, and I also helped create another one with my former spouse who was also in the military. I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. You know, again, I was raised by a dad to give back to my community and our society as a whole, because that's what he did as a soldier in a different way. Um, as such, I, I, That's why I have such high regard for my dad and for other people that are in the military, especially now during these times where our Congress seems to have lost its mind. But that's a story for another day. In addition to having a great father who believed in 
giving back to society. I also had the great for, fortune to both know and spend a lot of quality time with and actually became great friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived the great four economic challenges of the 20th century. That is to say, the Great Depression, World War II, and all its privations, especially for women and people of color. In addition, the systemic racism and misogyny that they had to suffer that unfortunately continues through and to our society today. As such, these women helped love me. They loved me and they helped raise me. And they always shared with me the great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South that I got to know a little bit about. It is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me, urging me on, along with my dad, that when the situation is right, I'm sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and the disabled who find themselves the targets of and more and more, unfortunately, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of disabled adult and elder financial abuse that you could ever imagine it seems to be running rampant in our society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof, or at least you don't have a sufficient amount thereof in any way we want to focus on your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your families or your small businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help. I believe you need, if you're going to have any chance of dealing with a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets and or your debt. Well, again, like I said last week, unless you've been living under a rock for the whole month of June, and especially the last week of June, you know that the United States Supreme Court issued some rulings that I believe ran a dagger through the heart of programs that had been sanctioned by historical precedent in this country for decades. Of course, I'm talking about the court's decision to end affirmative action in higher education. And as a closely related corollary, the court also issued a ruling limiting the executive branch's ability in times of war or other national crises including medical emergencies such as COVID-19 to assist some citizens with much-needed financial relief. Apparently, as long as it does not involve relief from financially burdensome student loan debt. I make this distinction because, as you know, some in our society, some who were very wealthy in our society, were able to access 
federal government loan, small business loan program that had, they were started out at loans, but they were totally forgiven, including several members of Congress. Now, but in as much as the court's affirmative action rulings and student for fair admissions incorporated versus the president and fellows of Harvard College and a companion case, the students for fair admissions incorporated versus the University of North Carolina, which was decided as a unity on June 29, 2023, 2023 along with the court's student loan ruling in Biden versus Nevada. No, sorry, Biden versus Nebraska at all, people of color wanting to expand their opportunities for their families to secure a larger, more substantial stake in our great American dream by first obtaining an opportunity to attend a university and also be able to pay for that education. So, as you know, in the student for fair admissions case, the court ruled that because uh, the race of the incoming student had been used by Harvard College and the University of North Carolina. Those admissions programs so based violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Now, this is something that's really ironic because the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment was put in place at the end of the Civil War to protect blacks from the adverse acts of the state, the individual states, and then ultimately private actors within the state. That's what I mean by ironic, talking about bizarro land. And as a, on June 30th in Biden versus Nebraska, the Supreme Court held that inasmuch as the administration, the lawyers for the administration, had conceded that at least one of the six states that challenged Biden's student loan forgiveness program, the state of Missouri, had Article Three standing to challenge the Secretary of Education's program based on his belief that he was empowered by the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Student Act of 2023, also known as the HEROES Act, which allowed the Secretary of Education to waive or modify uh, any statutory or regulatory provision of the applicable student loan assistance programs under the Secretary's purview as the Secretary deemed necessary in connection with a war or other military operation or a national emergency. And in as much as the HEROES Act as applied to the foundational law concerning the funding of education in the United States contained in Title 20 of the United States Code at Section 1070, you know, I refer to the United States Code as the big book of laws in America. I make a loose analogy to um Moses going up and getting the Ten Commandments, although, of course, we know that human beings uh, put together the big book, book of laws. But we have a big book of laws, which I generally refer to every time I'm involved in a federal uh, matter. 
So that big book of laws at Title 20 of the United States Code at Section 1070, also known as Title IV of the Higher Educational Act of 1965, it authorizes Secretary of Education to cancel or reduce student loans in limited circumstances and form the basis for the Secretary of Education's foray into debt cancellation. The court found that the HEROES Act only allowed the secretary to modify its programs and the use of the HEROES Act to cancel debt without congressional edict, the court said went too far. Said another way, by alluding to Jerry Steinfeld's, one of his more endearing characters, no student loan debt relief for you. So when we come back, because inquiring minds asked me (laughs) over this past week to complete the story of how I ended up becoming a black female lawyer, I'll continue my story. But first, we'll take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As I continue and conclude my story of how I became a black female lawyer against the odds. As I shared with you last week, because uh, I heard from some of you wanting to know the rest of the story, uh, I will continue now. As I shared with you last time, I think it was an accident of birth or divine providence or likely divine providence or both coupled with the fortitude of my parents and grandparents is how I end up with a bar license today. It wasn't supposed to be that way, as I shared with you how I come from a family of poor black folk who were sharecroppers on my dad's side, but who had a really smart, um, tenacious uh, grandmother who, although her education was limited, she saw her major role in life was to make sure that her two boys got an education. So she kind of drugged my grandfather (laughs) off the farm and into the big town uh, where there was a segregated school system where my dad and my uncle attended and graduated. They were good students, weren't great, but they um, played football and uh, baseball and were great athletes with good grades. So they were able to, they could have gone to a, a university, but they were so enamored of service and wanting to be like Audie Murphy and um, uh, Sergeant York, uh, when they'd go watch movies, they decided to enlist in the army instead. And on my mother's side, it was since slavery, um, her, my my great, great, great grandmother um, learned how to bind books um, and um, was highly respected in the community. She worked in the library, must be why I in, enjoy that place and love to read so much. I think that was passed down to her children and down through me. And although um, my dad um, didn't go to college, he joined the Army and it was through the Army. He actually um, got a battlefield commission in Korea and um, he left the service as a sergeant major. So as you, those of you who are familiar with the military, that is like 
one of the highest ranks that you can be as a non-commissioned officer, because that's what you're considered to be a a non-commissioned officer. And through that life, I had a middle class upbringing. And because we traveled a lot uh, while my parents were still married and we'd stay in in a post a year and a half to two years, um, I got exposed to a lot of different folks. And my mother demanded that I not go to the schools on the military installations, but go to the schools in the towns where we lived. And so those towns were mostly down south. And because I was born in 1954, that meant that I went to predominantly I should have gone to predominantly black schools, but my mother made me go to white schools. And she did that because she thought that and and it was correct that I would have access to a higher quality education. So I'm the product of a black man who decided to plot his own path as a soldier and a black woman who was a free and independent spirit that she inherited from her mother and grandmothers. So although my folks were not well off, my dad's career in the military afforded me a middle-class upbringing and access to excellent schools throughout the South. Because if you were to look up a map of where most of the military installations are in the United States, you'd see they're mostly in the Southern part of the U S and since my independent and self sufficiency was enhanced and nurtured by my mother because when I was old enough um, at each duty station where my dad was assigned and later when after my parents divorced uh, my mother remarried another serviceman where my stepfather was stationed I was charged with finding the best public elementary or secondary school where we were stationed and also tasked with figuring out how to get there. That meant that during my school days, I was generally the only black student in the whole school. And I had to learn uh, how to learn in a very hostile, emotional and intellectual environment. And although I was never fearful of being subject to physical harm, the environmental and hostile um uh, emotional uh, environment was hostile nonetheless. So I found great relief in the library of these schools because I could read any book that I wanted and I could do my studies and I could do my homework and I could teach myself new skills in silence. Sometimes that assists me today in the sometimes hostile tribal environment of some, but not not all of the legal communities I must engage in to assist my clients. You know, that assisted me in getting a very good education that when I eventually graduated from the same school system that both my parents had attended, uh, but at this time, it was fully integrated when I was a sophomore, some 14 years after Brown versus the Board of Education was decided the same year that I was born. I got accepted into all four colleges that I applied to, including Harvard College. I believe based on my grades, my test scores and oh, yes, affirmative action. And although I turned down Harvard and selected Northwestern University in Chicago because it offered me a better scholarship, I mean, complete scholarship and advanced admission into its law school in my junior year. 
However, if I've shared with you before, I put off getting my education to follow my heart and my then husband and support him in his military career. I, as such, I have no regrets because due to my securities route to my education, I became first a data and telecommunications engineer where I learned to rely on my own instincts grounded in knowledge to solve business problems and then much later attended law school, including Golden Gate University right here in the San Francisco Bay Area and became a lawyer after a varied career at the age of 50. But the basis of my good looks Luck is founded in an excellent primary and secondary education, where most of the time I was the only black person in my class and then sometimes in the whole school and where no one would talk to me. I spent a great deal of time, as I share with you in the library, and that did nothing but enhance my educational experience and prepared me again for the isolation that I sometimes have to deal with today. But through the use of technology and a few good friends in the legal community, I have always felt confident enough to tackle some very hard cases for the most part. And, you know, ultimately I prevail because I've learned early that I have to push the envelope. And if you do so, you will make some mistakes and you will confront man-made obstacles. And yet I endure because I learned from my mistakes and I'm willing to clean up my own mess. So that's the purpose of these couple of shows, not to gloat about my achievements such as they are, but to say black and brown parents and our allies, we must take the time to teach the next generation, although we appear to be staring into this strange vortex where people are trying to dumb us down and limit our children's access to the quality education that they need. And that's stupid because we're basically cutting off our own hands. We need our young people to be educated so they can take responsibility for helping us have another evolution, revolution, where we're able to solve the critical problems that we all face, such as climate change and such as the fact that perhaps our democracy is on its last legs. So from what's going on in the hallowed halls, the once hallowed halls of Congress, where I once lobbied for the economic rights of women and people of color, uh, and the very sad decisions coming from our courts, I'm convinced that the current focus on undoing the years of progress by dumbing us all down appears to be working. So we who love this country because we have belief in its potential must do something to counterman the evil that seems to be at large every day. I, for one, am going to focus on helping educate the next generation of our youth who have limited access to a quality education that they require to deal with, as I say, climate change, the lack of civility and respect for our differences in our daily lives that may lead to the destruction of our society. So we're going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing here on Selwyn's Law, we always want to at least try to stay on the right side of the law, including putting in place laws and practices 
that will protect the varied interests of our society as a whole, including making sure that all of our children have access to the quality education that they require to lead our country in its next iteration. So till next time, bye for now. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.